right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does all the work for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. Visit Picasso to see thousands of listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot com. Well, hello, I'm Buzz Knight, the host of the Taking a Walk podcast series, and welcome to this uh, special National Association of Broadcasters, NAB 2022 edition. Now, for those of you in our uh, vast uh, international audience, uh, hello Germany, Australia, Canada, Finland, France, Slovenia, Aruba, Hong Kong, the Ukraine, yes, the Ukraine, Croatia, Poland, St. Lucia, or Struthers, Ohio. (laughs) Um, NAB stands for National Association of Broadcasters. And I'm heading to the big convention, NAB 2022 in Las Vegas. Um, I'm here, taking a walk. All right, right now I'm not taking a walk, to be honest with you. It's so early in the morning, an early alternate reality Saturday morning at Logan Airport. Everything seems to be operating in slow motion. Watching a guy walk by, literally, it looks like he's moonwalking. It's so early. Uh, You see odd things at an early hour. Most notably what I saw, kid you not, was a father and son arguing in the restroom over the fact that the son was brushing his teeth. I kid you not. And it looked like the father uh, didn't even have the word dentist in his vocabulary. Anyway, I'm thinking about the best way for me to uh, document the Take and a Walk series for this NAB trip, and I promise later on in the series I will be walking. And the best way to document this is a collection of various taken a walk uh, interesting guests. So the decision came to me after a uh, writer's meeting last night, intense, uh, which really means that uh, I had a few martinis with my wife. 
she had to listen to me neurotically throwing ideas against the wall on what to do with taking a walk for this trip. I agreed with myself that unless Lady Gaga, uh, Barry Manilow, or Charo would be available uh, when I hit Vegas for taking a walk, that this needs to be a collection of people. So um, now you know this is what we're up to. And from now on, we're going to call this the Taking a Walk NAB 2022 Collection. You never know who we're going to run into. Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight. Well, I knew I would be walking around Caesar's Palace and bump into somebody that I knew here uh, in Las Vegas. Hello, Ben Arnold from the NPD Group from Washington, D.C. Buzz, it's a pleasure to see you again. It's been too long. I know. It's nice to see you in person. <laughs> it's nice to see anybody in person, right? It certainly is. Yeah. So Vegas is uh, animated as always and is a trip. But uh, we're visiting for NAB 2022. It's so nice to see you. So in your role with NPD, you examine consumer behavior, really, on behalf of many clients in the consumer technology business. So what's going on over the last couple of years in terms of the way consumer behavior uh, has reacted to these last few years? Well, consumer behavior, I think, has been sort of disrupted and our routines have been thrown out of whack, which impacts you know what people buy, what people consume. As the pandemic started, it was really hard to see what was going to go, what was going to happen. It was hard to forecast some of these changes in consumer behaviors. But one of the, the interesting things that happened is people really began to rely on their technology much more than they than they had been. And we saw, I think, the, the value on the technology that we use every day really go up. We saw sales go up. Sales in 2020 were up. 17% over the year prior, we never see that. Consumer electronics is a pretty mature business, right? It's maybe up 2%, maybe down 2% one year, 17% is a big deal. Sold like 8 million more TVs than we normally do in a year. That's, that's, a, that's a big deal. So we've seen people rely on their technology uh, for productivity, for working and virtual work. I need a laptop at home, but also for their entertainment, their leisure time can't go out on a trip, uh, there's no kid sports, let me add another streaming subscription to my household and we'll hunker down and watch. And that had a big impact on, on technology sales. And as we go forward, continuing to see really high demand on technology. So I think that something has happened where this value that people place on technology is much higher. We continue to see sales grow continue to see people engage with their technology products, listening to audio, streaming video, uh, taking pictures, all those things have really just kicked into high gear. So what does it mean to, uh, let's first to the television side of media, and then let's get the implications of what all this means to books and radio. So on the television side, I mean, it just means that that's where people are spending their time, right? Technology, in some ways, is becoming an engagement business. And that's, you know, no truer than what we see in the streaming numbers. So people spend a lot of time streaming. Netflix, our streaming is up. And that's good business. That's uh, good news for TV manufacturers. I mean, they can sell more TVs. There's more demand. 
think about audio, it's a little bit of a different story. Audio is very linked to our routines. I wake up in the morning, go to my kitchen, tell Alexa, put on NPR, my day starts. But what if my day doesn't start like that anymore? What if I'm getting up later because I don't have to be in the office at 7 o'clock? I just have to you know, log on to my computer at, at a certain time. So it's been a little bit of a mixed bag for audio. Certainly people are consuming more media, and that's good for, I think, all media types. But things that were connected to routines were, were thrown out of whack. I think the good part is getting back into some sense of normalcy. Seasonal patterns are returning. People are going back to work. And so some of those routines are, are coming back. And I believe that's a, that's a, a good story for broadcasters. But even through all of that, even through, you know, if you want to call this disruption or some of this churn, I think we've discovered you know, new, new behaviors, new uh, things that we engage with. And I think that ultimately has been good for content business. I think it's been good for audio. And uh, back to the uh, TV side of things, first of all, reaction to Netflix losing Paramount and subscribers. Uh, and then I can't uh, stop our little walk-in discussion with also asking you for a reaction on CNN Plus. Well, you know, CNN News is, is interesting. I used to work in the news business, and one thing I always thought is national news, like, who, who has the market cornered on that? It's really hard. It's really hard to stand up a new streaming service when you can get that news from, from other places. And I guess there ultimately wasn't a whole lot unique about CNN Plus. Think about we, we get a lot of our news through streaming, through mobile devices, through apps anyway. So in the end, what was all that different about it? I think that's, that's what kind of led to it falling apart. Um, Netflix, I mean, they've been really just killing it for so long. And you felt like some of that was going to come back to Earth. Related to some of the things I said earlier about streaming, we may have hit peak streaming in the middle of 2020 with respect to video streaming. Things have kind of normalized since then. Uh, family vacation is a big headwind to increase Netflix streaming. So I think as we spend more time doing other things, that challenges those Netflix streaming uh, minutes. And I think that's that's one of the things that's uh, you know that's going on with, with their outlook. It's nice to bump into you at Caesar's Palace. I think I gotta run up to Tommy Bahamas and get some uh, duds for uh, the rest of the Vegas trip. I was, yes, yes. I was thinking uh, I'm coming here to watch uh, Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler. Uh, that's what I always think when I come to Caesar's. So uh, we're all kind of we're both kind of on the same on the same wavelength. There. All right. Great to see you, Ben. All right, boys. Well, so I happen to be taking a walk near the Renaissance Hotel here, and lo and behold, who do I bump into is my dear friend Brian Biniak from Connected Travel. Brian, uh, what are you doing here in Vegas at the NAB? Well, we drove in from Las Vegas. My friend Xavier from Radio Line and I and John Ellis, we got in a uh, Polestar and we drove nine hours on a three-hour drive uh, uh, to come to the NAB show to uh, showcase some of the stuff we're working on. Yeah, so you've made some news here at the show. 
Why don't you tell our audience, which spans not only the U.S., but globally, what Connected Travel is up to because it's making news here. Well, we have been working quietly uh, over the past six months uh, with an auto OEM in Europe, uh, Radio Line and Simple Bet to build a next generation radio experience in a car that enables drivers to interact with live sportscasts and enables them to do micro-betting while they're driving so they could bet on NFL, NBA, uh, Major League Baseball games. Every time somebody comes up to bat or makes a pitch, you have the ability to make a bet by voice and win prizes and uh, eventually you'll be able to win money. So the implications of this at a time when the radio industry has gotten this influx of uh, sports betting money, I think are really uh, massive, don't you think, for for the industry uh, at this time especially? Hopefully it's transformative. Uh, Most of the time the betting companies like FanDuel and DraftKings and BetMGM are advertising on air people are listening to the radio in the car and then they have to remember where to go at some point in time after they finish their trip in this particular case the advertising becomes transactable they can engage immediately and more importantly they while they're listening to the sportscasts they can actually participate in the game and make live bets themselves uh, as well as with their friends and other fans of their favorite teams. And do you think this uh, increases the uh, length of time people listen as well? Absolutely. And uh, typical, you know, your standard betting experience is you bet before the game and you wait until the end of the game. Uh, In this particular case, you're able to bet over an average for, uh, say, a Major League Baseball game. You can bet over 150 times during the game at pitches and bats going on, uh, at bats going on in the game, and uh, that creates significantly more engagement. But what's also great about this is that every single time somebody engages, you know, so you can measure the activity um, and uh, provide that attribution that's been missing in radio for so long. So, what about the safety aspect of this, though? Well, the. One of the most important things is we uh, have a voice uh, interface to this. So while people are driving, uh, they can keep both hands on the wheel. They can listen to the game and simply say, bet. And uh, and then they'll hear the, the results. And it also pushes all of their stats to their mobile device. So after the game, you get a chance to see all of uh, your... Uh, uh, your uh, your wins during the game and uh, and then count them up and uh, and also keep track of them for future games because there's all kinds of prizes that you have the ability to win along the way too. And you have other implications of this when it comes to uh, use cases for probably like an NPR. I'm thinking as well. Yes, uh, pre-COVID we had been uh, started some of our work on transactional radio uh, and did a project with a couple of uh, NPR stations where we enabled people to donate and tip while they were listening to the broadcast. 
as well as uh, send uh, the, the content to themselves if they couldn't finish the story. Or more importantly, if they found something inspiring, they could send that uh, story to, to friends and family and colleagues. So to get this into a, sort of a scalable marketplace, how do you see this rolling out so it becomes a bigger deal? Well, the first thing we've been doing is making sure that it, it works on some of the emerging platforms uh, that enable this kind of interactivity. So CarPlay, Android Auto, and now uh, with what we're announcing here, Android Automotive, so that it can be embedded in vehicles. So that's the most important thing, being on these next generation platforms. Um, and then the cars themselves, with the payment systems, with the voice systems, and commerce systems, uh, enable broadcasters, teams, leagues, in the case of sports, to plug in directly and provide these services to their fans. So uh, we've got something that is uh, vehicle independent uh, and then works just like a smartphone uh, across all of these uh, all of these different uh, vehicles that support CarPlay and Android Auto, which is almost every vehicle that's sold today has that capability. Well, good luck on it. You know, I was hoping to run into you know, Barry Manilow or something here while I was uh, walking the strip, but you're the next best thing running into you, Brian, so thank you. Yeah, and my pleasure. Well, last night on, on my way to dinner, uh, I got to see Elvis checking into the hotel, so... Maybe, maybe we'll see somebody at lunch today. How did he look, by the way? Uh, he had a very nice spray-on tan. <laughs> Good luck on Smart Radio, Brian Viniak from Connected Travel. Thank you. Thank you. Well, my God, I happened to be walking around here at the NAB in Las Vegas, and I'm taking a walk with one of my dearest friends, Ruth Pressloff. It's so nice to see you, Ruth. Oh, Buzz, what a treat. <laughs> I mean, for me, one of the great things is meeting new people with taking a walk. But one of the even better things Don't is... Don't use the word old, my friend. <laughs> ...regrouping with old friends. That works. And this is so special. Um, Ruth, it's great to see you. Now, I just saw you recently, and a little context for the vast audience of taking a walk, especially the worldwide audience. We're very big in... Croatia for some reason <laughs> and Czechoslovakia but um, Ruth was with me uh, when I was in LA and we were taking a walk with the great Ed Begley Jr. That was a treat. Um, so we went over to his house and Ruth was there to take some some snaps of that uh, episode and it was very special to have have you along. Wasn't he special though too? You know he was so warm and so cordial um, and he mentioned something that his father taught him in terms of not what are you against, what are you for. And I loved that. Right. And I've been thinking about that ever since. So that was a teachable moment. It was but, great. But what a guy who had, like, Everything. just a tremendous energy about yes. him. Yes, right? yes. And, one, I mean, among many favorite lines... So I ask him the dorky question, Ed, so who that you haven't worked with would you like oh, to work right, with? Oh, that's right, right. And he's like, oh, there's a grip over on the Burbank lot number seven. <laughs> there's a boom operator, too, that I haven't worked with. <laughs> I thought it, and, he, and I was like, oh, man, he got me. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Which was, was so really much funny. so much fun. So, but it's nice to see you in Las Vegas. Um, NAB's going on, but you are involved with with work um, that I think is part of NAB, but kind of is its own entity. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about. Um, the mentoring work that you're part of and others are part of for women in broadcasting? So I'm president of the board of an organization called Mentoring and Inspiring Women in Radio, Inc. And I'm really going to stress that, Inc., because we've been around for a long time, but last year we became a 501c3. And that's a game changer. We have an incredible board. They are women who are in this business. So we've got senior people from Odyssey and from Radio One and from Emmis and from Luminate and from um, and Corinne Baldassano, who's been in this business forever, one of the first women program directors in the country. Erica Farber, who's head of the RAB. And we are all there to help other women in the business. So after years and years and years and years of running my own company and doing all the business stuff to be able to be here to be um to celebrate the work that we're doing we had a huge sold out dinner last night um and just a lot of support and a lot of momentum and it is a gratifying thing and wonderful to be able to put energy into it's great work, and it is a great energy of people, all different types of people, from small markets, medium markets, large markets, and it is such important work. So at the core of it, um, how can uh, women considering getting in broadcasting um, be more encouraged to be part of the business? I think that, so there are a couple of things. First of all, go to RadioMIW.com if I can put that plug, like, squarely in there. Um, this business needs new talent. And one of the and, and so there are a lot of different programs. There's NABEF. We just gave the Trailblazer Award to Michelle Duke. She runs all this stuff for the NAB around diversity, inclusion, equity, um, and also has programs for really bringing new people in. A lot of what we focus on are senior women in the business and how do we get them higher up. We do an annual gender analysis study and and we we like celebrate, oh my gosh, look at this, we grew half a percentage in, you know, program directors. There are so few women program directors and women make up more than half of the audience, you know, listening audience. And I think and you are going to quote me on this, and you shouldn't, but I think it's like 12% of the program directors. It's just like, it's an anemic number, and if I'm if I'm off by a, by a factor of, you know, if it's 24%, it's still an anemic it's number, anemic, but it's a really right. low number. Right. Um, so, so we really look at, and I always hammer this, we really look at how can we help women in this business succeed, because it's good for the women, and it's good for the business. You don't want to hemorrhage any more talent than we already are losing. And so if you can get somebody who's got a lot of talent, and we've got so many women that we've mentored who have so much talent, and keep them in the business instead of taking their incredible skills and enthusiasm and saying, there's no place for me here, that's that's a win for everybody. That's a win for every company, and that's a win for the individual. And I think the... Um the daunting nature of the business in general 
and then add in the fact that if you're a female and you're in a daunting business, this nudge, this encouragement, this um, you know inclusion is, uh, I think, more critical than ever. Right. I mean, I can't believe we're still having, and I don't mean we're still having this conversation, taking a walk, but I mean, I can't believe as a society we're still having this conversation, and I can't believe as a society I'm still hearing the same, I'll say, stuff happening to these women. It's been happening for, like, ever, and we're still having that same conversation. Give me a break. Yeah, I don't get it. I think it's a tone-deaf nature of stuff, and I think it's a tone-deaf nature of society as well. But I feel like um, when I think of what probably is going on at the the university college level, it still feels like within university and colleges there can be more done there yeah. to make it um, a better path for women in media and in broadcasting in general, how can that happen? How can there be a, a, a more productive path in the educational institutions? I think there's a lot to be said for role models. I think there's a lot to be said for aspirations, for seeing someone in a position and saying, that's what I want to do. And then being, you know, just being able to form the relationships to not only see someone and say, I could, I could model my career after that person, but to know their story, to understand that they started, you know, as an assistant, they started as an account exec somewhere. They, they started humbly and how much they had to work and what they had to do to get where they got. Well, as someone who started your own business... You also understand not only is the entrepreneur side of things where resilience comes in, but now you see it from your other vantage point with your MIW work where, you know, resilience is mandatory. Unfortunately, I hate to put it that way, but it's mandatory for women to stick with this business. Um, Is that wrong? You know, I'll widen it. I think that's true on, on, on the entire gender spectrum. I think resiliency, I think grit, I think tenacity, I think problem solving. When, when people take what's different about you and make that the issue, that's a problem. But, and I love this business. I don't care if you're someone who has a great idea and can execute it, if you're a problem solver, if you're someone who can build teams, if you're someone who can bounce, right, and and recover from from everything the last couple of years have have brought our way. I I, I don't care if you're a woman. I don't care if you, I don't care where you are on the gender spectrum. I just need your help and I need your energy and I need you as part of our business. And so to me, it's a lot of it is also just clear out the hurdles. Don't make it difficult for someone to succeed whose very success is going to help your company. Why do we shoot ourselves in the foot and say, well, uh, I don't know about that person and, and still get the, are you pregnant? Are you going to get pregnant? I can't hire these young women. And it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, like you said, I can't believe we're still unfortunately having to have the conversation, but we need to have the conversation yeah. because it's still uh, at issue. But um, I thank you for that work that 
you're doing. And Absolutely my pleasure. I thank you for being a pal, and I thank you for taking a walk. Love it, Buzz. What a treat to see you in Los Angeles and Las Vegas. We'll keep the L cities going. And what would be next? Um, don't say Lubbock. I'm not. I'm not sure that's... No offense to, I don't think um, we have any listeners that I last checked in Lubbock, but we'll take <laughs> well, them from anywhere. Right. Well, we won't now. We won't Lisbon. narrow cast it. Lubbock Lisbon. must be beautiful. Lisbon? Let's, go, let's do Lisbon. Love it. Done. Love it or Lisbon? <laughs> <laughs> I think instead of what, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, we're going to market love it or Lisbon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ruth. Well, my, I'm just sort of wandering here in Las Vegas near the Westgate uh, Hotel, and lo and behold, I bump into my dear friend, Fred Jacobs. It's so great to see you here at the NAB 2022. How are you, Fred? I'm good, Buzz, and it is actually nice to be back after three years of nothingness, and now, I mean, how many Zoom calls have we been on? Oh. Right? And yet I haven't seen you in, in two years, and it's just nice to be back with people. It is. I mean, uh, it's great to be seen. It's great to see people. I mean, maybe some people. Not so much. Not right? So no, much. not so much. Nah, I'm kidding. Uh, but, you know, Vegas, the scene of many of our crimes when it comes to <laughs> yes. uh, coming to the Consumer Electronics Show every January. So we love Vegas. We do in this context. I mean, it, 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 normally no, but, but at a big convention like this, it is cool. You see a lot of people. If you take the time, you learn some stuff. You see some gear, uh, and you just sort of pick up on some stuff. It's, it, it is, you know, it's cliche, but it, it's a good networking thing. By the way, that real sound that... Uh, <laughs> The listeners all across the globe are hearing is the monorail that's passing by. So, which is a great thing, by the way. I took it over here, and I've become like a real monorail fan in Vegas, as opposed to Ubers and taxi cabs and God forbid walking, because everything is so far away, and it appears it appears to be a lot closer. Yeah, is this somebody we know? It, it, it is a similar. It is a similar face. Yes, oh, this is this is terrific. This is what we call happenstance as we're taking a walk. Uh, the other Jacobs, you could speak, uh, Paul Jacobs. Hello, Paul. Buzz, how are you? Good. We're I, taking I, I, a you're walk. You're walking. Here. We're walking, and we're what, taking a walk. One of the beautiful <laughs> things is when happenstance happens, uh, and we bump into people and bumping into you is terrific as well and most people would say i'm a lot better than a bird pooping on your shoulder <laughs> wow while you're taking a walk wow now that who you would say that, that by yeah, the way not me yeah, not no. me yeah yeah did you have a nice lunch uh, inside the, the the Westgate? absolutely and i had a great view of you as uh, as we were eating and you were much more interesting than my turkey burger i scarfed down some fabulous matzo ball soup Nothing like Sid's Cafe. It's legend. <laughs> oh, come on. It's a Vegas meal. Uh, Fred, should we keep your brother as part sure, of this? Sure, I think so. You, could you, you have, have time? To go? Yeah, I have a few minutes. This is perfect. This is, a, this is in my wildest dream. Nobody's going to believe this actually happened, but this was totally unplanned. This actually happened. So, um, first of all, the concept of taking a walk is um, something that I think about 
you two gentlemen because I know for a fact that there are many times to sort of clear your head and to uh, work out ideas that you boys, you Jacobs boys, like to take a walk. Is that right? Oh, we're famous walkers. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> in our old days, two years ago, three years ago, we used to uh, walk every Saturday and Sunday for hours and, uh, and do half marathons and things like that. And it's great. You do a half marathon and you get a lot of business done. It's really kind of a, yeah. a true thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, COVID slowed us down. Uh, for a variety of reasons. Paul actually has continued his walking and walked the half marathon last fall without me. So I'm kind of trying to work my way back up to it. But actually being at this conference, I've probably logged more miles in the last 48 hours than I have in the last 48 months. No doubt. In bad shoes. In bad shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it helps you guys, uh, not only you know fitness-wise, but... Um, idea generation problem solving right totally totally it gets the juices flowing yeah and we argue with each other but in in only the best way um but i mean we go at it in a constructive way and and we push each other really hard and it's 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 cool it's a great process i mean we've been working together for so long we kind of have it down i mean even when we get pissed off at each other like 10 minutes later it's like so where do you want to have lunch (laughs) right it's like it's like a good marriage yeah that's exactly right yeah well and i might say some of the places that you probably are able to take a walk in are certainly favorite places of mine like uh this place birmingham michigan that you guys know pretty well right there's nothing like birmingham of course as we're sitting here walking through the west gate uh, here in Vegas, uh, trust me, I'd rather be in Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a bumper sticker. Totally. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's, but, yeah, we're, we like to just pretty much air it out anywhere we go, and it's, it's a great problem. I mean, we're so lucky to have each other. I mean, as kids, we, we're not particularly close. But as adults, I mean, we've been working together for decades now, and, I mean, we know each other's moves, so it's, it's, it's a great process. You weren't close. I, I, I stopped there for a second. Well, no, we weren't close as kids. Not Are you all. kidding me? Not really. I this mean, this new news to I me. I mean, we got along, but we weren't tight. You know, there's three and a half years difference. Yes, I'm older. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. But, but no, we we really were in different circles, and we were different kinds of people. And even today, I mean, I'm programming. He sales. I mean, we come at it from different sides of, of the radio spectrum, right? Put it differently. He thought I was a stupid jock. <laughs> and he thought he was some grand intellectual. And he was really he was really wow. right about both. Wow, this is way too and, much truth. And here's and here's the breaking point. We call it therapy. Oh I I, I feel under the uh, Yeah, go ahead Paul. Here's the breaking Finish, point. Finish Paul. Go ahead. So I, I was at Michigan State Fred got his, uh, was going to get his master's in Michigan State, and part of the thing was he had to teach the hardest course in the radio department, Radio 201. And it was a hard course, and it's what weeded out everybody. So I had to take the course. From me? From Fred. He kicked my ass, okay? <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable, but I, was kind of, I put my jock hat on, and I was like, I'm going to ace this class to show him. And I did. 
And that was probably the beginning of the of the break. It was, Paul. But we were there for four years, and and if we enjoyed four meals with each other during that time, it's true. When we weren't at home, yeah. that's probably a lot. It's not like we hung out with each no, other, no, or any of that, except at the radio production studio. Exactly. I saw that him more it. there, but. Once we both got into the industry, it, it tightened yeah. up. And then, obviously, when we started working together right. every day. Working at Riff was great, though. Yeah, I mean, that, that, you're right about that. You know, and, and, you know, Fred was this totally intense, brilliant program director. Ponytail, right? If he could. At times. Um, <laughs> and, and I was an uh, arrogant, successful <laughs> sales guy. And, you know, what happened was uh, I decided, since I had access to the program director and I thought my poop didn't stink, I would occasionally walk into Fred's office and go, you know, the third track on Seeger Live, you should be playing it. And after about the fifth time I did that, Fred uttered the famous words, shut up and make gold. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when, that probably really laid the predicate for us working together, because we began to realize that... uh, we had we came at problems completely differently, but it worked together, and we wound up doing great stuff at Riff, great promotions. Oh my god! Great, oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah, but the, I would say legendary. Yeah. Well, that's kind, but you know the other thing that has happened though is that we've kind of become each other. You can ask our wives, and they will affirm. But yeah. I've learned a lot about sales over the years from him, and he's. We'll let the monorail go by. <laughs> And, and, and he's become a really strong programmer. I mean, he, he understands content and the product. And so, uh, if you'll excuse the expression, wow, a bird has joined us. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Paul, Paul has uh, really kind of riffed his way into uh, being a, a strong resource for me. So, it's Go great. figure. Yeah. I think he's going to keep me. Oh, boy, let's sing Kumbaya together. How go. many years has it been? 30, this is 32. I think something in the like fall. That. Yeah. Wow, you guys should be so proud. We are. You are. Our mother is prouder, but yeah. Well, she still should. has no clue what we do. No, well, but, but the fact we do it together is yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, she probably, probably brings a smile, right? Yeah, I think when she thinks about it. Yeah, yeah. right. It's not like it's on the <laughs> top of, of her mind. tongue. Does, yeah. she st- does she still. Uh, Let's move away from that bird. I know. It's really annoying. Does she still refer to you uh, as boys? You boys? You know what, Buzz? She still gives us money on our birthdays. And I don't And I don't even want to tell you how old we are. But uh, in my case, the uh, first digit starts with a seven. And I, I said to her this year for my birthday as she handed me the check, Mom, at what point do you stop giving me birthday checks? It's kind of embarrassing. And she said, never. Oh, I so love I thought, it. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. I know. Oh, it brings a smile to my face. I, 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 All wish, right. I wish he gave more, but it's, well, come it's, on now. it's the thought that counts. Paul is checking his phone, so I want to make sure we capitalize on uh, his time <laughs> it's here. It's the NAB. I have a meeting. Okay, well, so Jeez. we're at the NAB. So, 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 so in, in, in the big scope of things, <laughs> what's the biggest issue haunting right now uh, the radio industry? And what is the most exciting thing uh, in the works for the radio industry? So, first, first question. What's the daunting? One? So, I have to, uh, I have to actually think about the Gen Z thing, 
and the fact that we have absolutely zero plan in place as an industry. And it's really no one's priority that we think about these generations that really don't have very much to do with radio and aren't just going to come around when they're adults. So that's what's keeping me up at night is how are we going to appeal to today's teenagers and how can we get young people interested in this as a career like we were? So that's my thing. I'll be glass half full. Sales guy? Yeah. I think radio has actually made steady, slow uh, strides in digital. I, I think, you know, when you look at the revenue and you look at the engagement and you begin to look at the content, I mean, we're not killing it. But we are fixing the plane at 35,000 feet, I think, better than we were five years ago. And it's not the salvation, but it's clearly, that is to me the healthiest thing that's going on right now. Yeah, I, I feel like we have a foothold finally and that we're not like convincing broadcasters that they need to be thinking about this. I think they're there. It's just, you know, some are taking longer to get there than others. And it, it's, I mean, change change is a bitch. I mean, it's hard, uh, you know, to take organizations that have been kind of doing it the same way successfully for decades and all of a sudden have to implement entirely new processes. It, it's difficult. But I, I agree with you. I think, I think it's getting there. It just took so damn long. Oh, my God. We had to go a decade of we, radio shouldn't stream. And it's like, get out. And, you know, I mean, radio as an industry, because it doesn't speak in one voice and, and doesn't collaborate, has missed so many big think opportunities, whether it is with the car, you know, and representing ourselves to the, to the auto industry. I mean, honestly, why did, you know, why didn't we invent Pandora? You know, why, well, why is all this audio stuff happening? Why didn't we buy Pandora when they were on their knees? I and mean, yeah. would, Wouldn't that have been smart? I mean... It's not too late because they're further well, they're, up they're Actually, I was going to say, I mean, Sirius, <laughs> Sirius XM's kind of not done a real good job with that. You're right. We could probably do an Elon Musk here and pick it up at a discount. Yeah. Right? You never yeah, know. Yeah. You know what? Let, you got any money, Buzz? Maybe I we... got some pocket change from the casino. Maybe oh, I could cool. pull some lint cool. together. Okay, last question. How was the Barry Manilow show? <laughs> Do you have time for a story? Of course. Can I sing Can't Smile Without You in the background? No, listen. <laughs> the very first radio show, Rick Sklar, who was the programming guy at, at WABC and in the ABC group, was on the programming committee for the NAB radio show, and it was Rick's job to book the entertainment, and so he booked Barry Manilow, and this was in Chicago, and all of us program directors, all seven of us, were all rock guys, and Rick told us that we had a table right in front of the stage and gave us strict instructions, you guys are to go, you are not to walk out in the middle of the show, you don't have to enjoy Barry Manilow, but you have to respect him. And we said, okay, and we all went to the show, and meanwhile, Barry Manilow kicked ass. <laughs> I mean, it, it was such a great show. And, you know, it's like one of those concerts where you, you go, I forgot this guy had so many hits, and he's such a professional, and the girls were pretty. I mean, you know, there's a lot of scenery, but it, it actually turned out to be a great show, and, and I hear he still bring, brings it, and 
He's here at the Westgate, where you are. He is here at the Westgate. Uh, he did cancel because of uh, this COVID thing for a few days. Oh, he did. I didn't he know did. that. Yeah. yeah. I was actually, I kid you not, uh, working you, on him as a special guest, but it didn't come together. It's but too bad. That would have been cool. He's got better stories than we, we do. We just have radio <laughs> stories. Yeah. yeah. Oh, come on. Well, listen, this has made the trip worthwhile. Now, it's going to be usurped later by probably Jim Gaffigan's performance, but this has yeah, made funny. the trip so far. Let me uh, tell you something. We were originally scheduled to be Jim Gaffigan's warm-up act on the agenda. Right. There was a, there Our panel was supposed to lead into Jim Gaffigan, and we're like, no, don't do that to us. Could that would be awful. Imagine how awful that would be. Yes. Uh, that would be, that I know, would be rough. But the, Paul's right. They told us, yeah, you, you, got, you guys go right after Gaffigan. <laughs> and it's like, are you kidding me? No. No. Maybe if we went before him, I mean, yeah. I could see us being the opening act that people threw stuff at, but not. <laughs> oh, right. yeah. We're these Never. clowns. Never. Well, guys, thanks for taking a walk here uh, at the NAB in Vegas. I look forward to um, episode two with you guys in Birmingham, walking the mean streets of Birmingham with you. Yeah, you got got to come to town. And meanwhile, all I can wish for you, Buzz, is... Is peace, happiness, and I hope you don't have too much editing from this. Oh, it's perfect. And I'll just add one more thing. I really hope you get comfortable shoes. Just <laughs> <laughs> look very comfortable. Thank if, you. if you're going to be taking a walk, man, it's all yeah, about these kind of are comfortable. Uh, we'll pimp for Merrill's right now. Merrill's, Merrill's. Okay, Merrill's. thanks, thanks guys. for having Bye. us, Buzz. Taking a Walk with Buzz Knight is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. 
That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 